Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is an author, a coach, a consultant, a man who speaks my language. This is Sean Cecil. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks, Paul. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here. You've yeah. just launched a new book, too. I did. I did. That's, um, it, I'm super excited about it. I think, uh, especially considering the kinds of topics you cover here, I think your audience will love it. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> well, and I'll give a brief introduction. And then, yes, we're going to come back to that because I think you're on track here. It's called Soul Fire. And here's the subtitle. This will kind of help set up the topic for today. Break out of a burnout job and craft a career that inspires you. I love it. Sean, uh, yeah. that's awesome. Hey, how many people, I mean, seriously, how many people are out there in some kind of dead end, I, I can't change it, it's just my lot in life, kind of a job or a relationship or whatever it is, right? They're, they're just kind of stuck there and they don't see the potential for change or their own power to bring that about. Have you not actually? That? I can actually answer that question very precisely because Gallup's done a poll on it. 85% of people aren't satisfied with, with their career. So of those, um, 18% of them are what's called actively disengaged, which means that they hate their job so much that they are sabotaging their colleagues, undermining their company's mission, stealing office supplies, stuff they like that. They get worse. <laughs> then yeah. there's 67% who are just like, bleh, you know what you're talking about. Like, oh, I just can't do better. I got to settle. It's got to be what it is. Just Only consigned to it. Hmm? They're just consigned to this. Dull yeah. yeah. Exactly. So only only 15% of people actually love what they do and actually enjoy what they do for a career, which is, you know, anywhere from half, you know, one third to half of your waking life. So it's kind of an important component. Wow. So there's you and me and a few <laughs> other people. <laughs> not, not a ton, unfortunately. I wish it was the normal for society, but it is not yet. It's interesting that we get stuck in these patterns. And there's a reason why it's so common, too. I know that you've done some thinking about this, and it's, uh, it's something that you're trying to illuminate with your book, obviously. What, help us out with this, Sean. What are some of the patterns that, that get us trapped in that, uh, that larger percentage of people who are just kind of tolerating it? Well, so I'd say that there are two major patterns. Um, the, the biggest pattern by far is this kind of societal conditioning that if you are not, and this is built into our education system, right? Where everybody's taught that you have to be following authority of some kind. You know, you follow your parents' authority and then the teacher and then the professor. And then yeah. for your career, you have to go off and follow a boss. And most people get the sense that if they're not following some kind of authority figure, if they're not doing what somebody tells them to do, then they're not on the path. And then this, the big, scary poverty monster will come and eat them. Um, that's, that's how the brain conceives of it. It associates it like being attacked by a lion, having that lack of security, and they equate authority with security. Um, mm -hmm. That's the single most common pattern that keeps people stuck. 
The second one is if people, and as a, as a, somebody who's been involved in therapy for a very long time, you'll appreciate this. If people grow up in toxic home environments, then they end up tolerating toxic work environments. They end up having a lack of belief in their self and their ability to change. And they think that this is the way it has always been. And this is the way it will always be. So unfortunately, um, environments where parents are, you know, neglectful or where there's role reversal, where the kids are having to take care of the parents or where the parents are instilling bad beliefs or have anger issues, that tends to promulgate this idea of just accepting things as they are and accepting things that are not truly healthy. Uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, yes. It's, but but it, it gets into our thinking this is something that I think about a lot, Sean, because my specialty is in helping people to take a closer look at their own thinking. Mm -hmm. And what you've described here as the causes for this stuckness all come back to our thinking. Yes. Our perceptions, how we've, and, and it's programming too. I mean, you mentioned the parenting thing. I'm on a mission right now to help people take a more positive approach to their parenting. Good. What my YouTube channel is all about. And uh, and really, that's kind of where it starts because as little kids, we get programmed. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if we get programmed to think, you know, that we're either dependent on some authority to keep us secure mm -hmm. or that this is just how life is, suck it up and bear it, that gets programmed into us in a way that we don't even see that we have an option to change it when we're older. Yeah. And that's the thing is you, you're right that you can change it when you're older. It's not easy. It's very, it's very difficult to rewire your program. It's definitely doable. That's something that I certainly help my clients with. And I'm sure you help your clients with yeah. But first, you have to become aware that that change is possible and that's what's going on. And that's, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in my book and one of the things I talk a lot in my content, and my videos is to bring that light of awareness to those patterns. Cause that's what yeah. people stuck. It's possible. You mentioned that it's hard to, mm -hmm. and I think we're doing people a disservice if we say it's just in your head or it's just something that you have to change your thinking about. If we delete the word just, I think it's more accurate. I agree with you. Absolutely. I think that, I mean, if you're just looking at the, you know, what I've seen in the personal development world, not just in my business, but in, I know at least a thousand other coaches because I've been in coaching programs and stuff that I would say 90% of the challenge is internal, is psychological, and only 10% of the challenge is external strategy, that kind of stuff. So when people say it's just in your head, that's like saying, oh, it's just like scaling Mount Everest. Well, no, that's the hardest part. <laughs> the fact that it's simple doesn't mean that it's easy. <laughs> I, I was thinking about programming in terms of uh, like our language. that we mm -hmm. speak. You and I were both programmed to speak English. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that comes very naturally to us. It's pretty simple. That's not the only option. Right. Right. And so like, I've, I, for example, I learned Spanish, right? Um, you know, and other people have learned all, all kinds of other languages, but learning that language after the period of childhood and adolescence does become a lot harder, right? And so right. is it worth it? Yeah, sure. And when it comes to learning the language of how to think 
in a way that's empowering and that's resourceful and that opens up these doors of opportunity. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it is not easy. And I think there are a lot of people in the personal development space, especially who pretend like it's easy so that they can sell things. And I think that's charlatanism. Oh, I agree. And it gives a bad rap to the rest of the people in the industry who understand that this is like learning a new language. Exactly. Exactly. And if I want to learn a new language, Sean, I'm going to hire a coach, an instructor, right? I'm going to get the manual. I'm going to do the homework. I'm going to immerse myself in contexts where I get to interact with other people who are speaking the language. Yep. Immersion. Hello. That's what we're talking about here. Yep, exactly. And if if you want to be fluent in Spanish, but continue to uh, saturate yourself in an English environment, good luck. Yeah, I mean, you could you could do it. It'll take fifteen years instead of one. Yeah. You know, it's, how long do you want to draw it out? <laughs> now you've applied this specifically to people who are looking at their career. Yes, that's correct. Their work, where they spend the bulk of their time, and as as an adult. Yep. And getting out of that burnout job, that, that dead end, accept your misery kind of a condition, mm-hmm. into something that truly inspires you. Yes, exactly. Can I ask you, Sean, before we get into the break in, in just a couple of minutes here, why is this so important to you? You've got a story that's brought you to this place. Yes, you are absolutely correct. I, I do have a story that brought me to this place. Um, I followed the path as it were. I went to a good university. I graduated with a good degree. I got a job at a big consulting firm, making money, traveling the world. And then I burned out. Um, There were a lot of reasons behind it. One reason was that promises were made by recruiters that were not followed, that there were some cultural issues with certain parts of the company. But also I wasn't truly doing what it is that I meant to do. So I burned out. Um, I made my dissatisfaction very apparent. And after uh, chewing out the partners on three different occasions, they eventually fired me. I was able to stay on for a, a longer than expected because I was a very good analyst. I was very clever, but um, culturally it just wasn't fit. So I went and I actually freelanced for a while. I was making twice as much as I used to make in like half the time or a third of the time, which was great, but I still wasn't living what I was meant to do. So I was very dissatisfied. So I would go out, I'd spend a lot of time partying, dropping money on, you know, bottle service and, you know, living that kind of life. But that wasn't truly fulfilling. I was just covering up a hole. And then my biggest client brought me on full time, um, supposed to get equity. I burned out again, partially because the the individual in question who, who was running the thing was bipolar. And partially because, again, I wasn't doing what I was meant to do And this during that time at Tectonic, which was the financial company, this splinter in my mind became a burning in my bones. Something had to change. And then I burned out. I got fired again because, again, at this point, I, you know, I was talking back, as it, as it were, to somebody who was being verbally abusive. Um, and after a couple of times, you know, it wasn't a fit. I got fired. So I was sitting there, and I came to the conclusion that – I could either make good money or I could be happy, but that I couldn't have both. That I had to sell my soul in order to be successful. And that to me was not an acceptable, neither of those paths was acceptable. Being broke was not acceptable. Being unfulfilled for the rest of my life was not success, acceptable. Was right. Years old. 
Hmm? I'm agreeing with you. I'm feeling it. Yeah. So I was 26 years old. Neither of those paths was acceptable. And I have never been somebody who is scared of death. That's something very odd about me. I've always been very comfortable with the idea of death. And so when I was looking at both of these two paths and neither one of them worked, I was like, well, there's always the third path. I could just end it now. And I never thought that before. I never expected to be the guy that would be that kind of person. Um, But I found myself staring down the barrel of my pistol on many occasions, my finger on the trigger. And there was this flicker of hope that, hey, listen, give it some more time and you'll figure it out. Clever guy, right? The universe always had your back. God's always had your back. You're a clever guy. You'll, You'll get sorted. Um, and by some crazy series of coincidences that cannot possibly be chance, um, I ended up in a room where someone was doing, it was a personal development room and someone was doing values discovery. And I came to the realization that my core function in this world is to absorb process and transmit information. And then I started thinking, okay, how do I make a career out of this? Well, I don't want to be a high school teacher. I already gave up my chance to be a professor because I'd had that opportunity and, and had decide not to get my PhD. But then I looked up at the front of the room and I saw this guy who makes millions of dollars a year and lives on a cruise ship and travels the world and does nothing but learn and teach. I'm like, wait a second. I want to do what this guy does. <laughs> so I said, I'm, I'm going to go into coaching and I'm going to start a personal development company. And the first problem, you know, ultimately, you know, I've, I'm going to be doing this for the next 50 years or more. Like I have no plans to ever retire. So I want to build out a lot of different programs. But the first one that I really wanted to focus on um, was that same problem that I had struggled to solve that had brought me to the brink of suicide. And I wanted to help other people solve that problem. And so that's how I created the Awaken program to help people get clear on their purpose, plan out the bridges to that purpose, execute it and, and do all the internal work associated. That, that's the foundation of making that uh, work. I knew there was a story behind this. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> and Sean, thank you for sharing that because that puts a context around what we're going to get into as we as we get into the second half of our program today. I would love to dissect this enough to find some of the, the core principles and, and especially the practical things that our listeners could do if they're finding that they're stuck in that same place where you were, because you've got some insight into that. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Oh man, this is fun. Everybody, this is Sean Cecil today at Live On Purpose Radio. We're going to be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Sean Cecil today at Live On Purpose Radio. Soul Fire. I kind of like that title. 
Yeah, everybody who's everybody who's uh, mentioned it has told me they liked it. I don't know where it came from. It just it came out of out of my soul or out of you know wherever it did. But I was like, this this is it. Well, you found that you found a fire in there mm-hmm. that was it was not visible to you when you were in these dead end kind of propositions. And it's not that the jobs you had were bad. Wonderful opportunities. You were able to make some money. You were able to to affect some lives and do some good in the world. But you kept coming back to this thing. It, it wasn't what you were made to do. It wasn't your calling. It wasn't what you're uniquely designed to do in this world. And, and you weren't finding the fulfillment as a result. Does that sound correct to you? That is absolutely correct. Nailed it. And then when you noticed the fire that's in there, and that maybe this is something that you could actually structure into a career, a way you spend your time, what you get paid to do. I, I think the sweet spot, Sean, that I've discovered too, is to do what you love Absolutely. for those who love what you do. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. That is so cool. Can you just capsulize for us? What are some of the principles that, that you came away with that you think are at the core that we really need to understand? Yeah, for sure. I think probably the biggest one is don't settle, right? Don't settle for a career that's that's not fulfilling. Don't settle for something that's not what you're meant to do. Because even if you get something that's second or third best, the difference between that and a life of doing what you love, where you never even want to retire, is just so massive. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. So I would say don't settle. Um, I think that the second component to that is a lot of people think that they have to make a trade-off between being happy and making money. And I believed that. That's what drove me to, to that darkness. Yeah, that's what took you to the edge. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and that and that fire forged me into the man that I am today. But that is a myth. That's just not accurate for a lot of reasons. I mean, there are many people who do what they love and never learn to monetize it, which is a separate thing that I'm about to get into. Um, but there is no, if you look at all the people who are, you know, the most successful in the world, they don't hate what they do, right? Elon Musk doesn't hate engineering. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't hate acting. Marie Curie didn't hate science. Like nobody, you know, these people didn't become great by hating this stuff. And if you, if you love what you do, you're going to get a lot better at it because you're going to be engaged. They, they've done studies. They found that the human mind learns 10 times faster when it's engaged in something that it regards as fun. Right? Yeah. You're going to get better. You're going to be able to add more value, which is ultimately going to translate into greater impact and greater wealth. And if you love what you do, I mean, if you're like me, like I never plan to retire. So if that's the case, then the whole, that's, you know, 20, 25, 30 years of, of earning capacity that's going to happen that otherwise would not happen because I'm not trying to just wait for the time when I can get a break. I'm doing something that I love from the get-go. You know, I'm not putting off Hey, listen, later down the line, I'm going to be happy. I'm being happy now and, and, you know, being pretty successful at it. So like life, you know, like that's the way to live. And I think then that gets us to the third principle is what's needed to make that happen. And I would say that at a very high level, there are only two things that you need. One is you need to be able to add value to other human beings because we live in a system of voluntary exchange for the most part. Um, you know, and so because of voluntary exchange, if you want people to give you money, you have to give them value. That's that's how this world works. And the more yeah. value, the more money you're going to be able to receive. 
Um, and then, so the, the first component of living that life is being able to add that value. And the second component is being able to monetize that value. And so this is this whole starving artist thing doesn't come from somebody who isn't adding value or somebody who is trying to live their purpose. It comes from somebody who doesn't know how to monetize the value they add because they don't understand persuasion, sales, marketing. They don't have the right psychology around money, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. Those are the things that enable you to take what you love and then find a way to make it financially lucrative. So, I mean, those are, those are some of the principles that jump out at me. That's exactly what I've learned. <laughs> I know, big surprise. Your minds think right? alike, right? <laughs> well, it's so interesting that people worry so much about money when really money is simply the receipts that you get for the value you've created. That's a, I use that exact term. I, I, I just told somebody just last week, I said, money is, it's, it's just the measurement of the debt that society owes you for the things that you have done to benefit others. That's all. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense to go out there and hoard receipts. <laughs> just get busy creating more value. Exactly. For exactly. more people. So from a practical standpoint, I know you coach a lot of people. You do trainings and, and speak. You've got your book. From a practical standpoint, Sean, if I'm in this burnout job, dead-in career, and I'm feeling that conflict, the, maybe not to the extent that it drives me to the brink like it did with you, or maybe it does, what are the first practical steps besides put down the gun? <laughs> um, and I don't think you're saying quit your job when you say don't settle. Well, so it, it depends. There are times when it's right for people to quit their job and there are times when it's not. That's going to depend. But the first, it's not quit your job without a timing thing. Right. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not um, necessarily. So the first thing that you want to say is, hey, listen, am I in the right place for the long term? And you can answer, there are three questions that you can ask yourself to determine if you're in the right place for the long term. Okay. The first one is the, the simple Marie Kondo style. Does this bring you joy? When you go in and you do this work, does it bring you joy? And if you can't answer that with a yes, or you have to justify it with the, oh, well, it doesn't, but the people and this and the, that and the other thing, no. Then That's the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. The second question is, does it allow you to meet your financial ambitions? And I say ambitions because I'm not talking ju about just paying the bills and getting by. I'm talking about something that you can look forward to that really gets you excited. If it mm -hmm. doesn't, then again, you got to find something else for the long run. And then the third is, is it sustainable? Um, and so for a, for an employee, sustainable means being on promotion track, uh, for a freelancer or a business owner, sustainable means that you have a pipeline of leads where anytime you want, you can go put in more time and get more clients and get more money. And you don't have to worry about where your next client is going to come from. It means you have a system that's repeatable that allows you to, to, to make money. You're not dependent on one client or anything like that. So those are the three questions. And if you find yourself answering no to any of those three questions, then something has to change. Doesn't mean it has to change now, but it has to change. So then the next step is to get clear on your purpose. So there are a lot of things involved in that. That is a whole, like I could go on for hours and hours about that, but to boil it down into a couple, you know, a couple tips. One is you want to get clear on your behavioral tendencies. 
So if you're an introvert, you shouldn't be in sales. I once had a client who had been in 28 different jobs. They were all sales jobs, but he was an introvert at heart. And he's like, Sean, I've tried so many things and I hate them all. I'm like, well, you're, you're an introvert doing 28 different sales jobs. Like, of course you hate them. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a detail oriented person, then you're going to be better suited to, you know, coding than you are going to be to something that requires a lot of like lead generation where it's it's more ephemeral and you don't necessarily have all the details to, to map out, right? You want to be operating in line with your natural behavioral tendencies. A really good test for this is the DISC test will give you a really good sense of, um, of your behavioral. And you want to go for the natural style, not the adaptive style, but get the, the, the normal natural DISC will give you a pretty good um, assessment of your behavioral tendencies. Even if the computer printout isn't great. Like it's better to have a professional evaluate it. It's way better than nothing. Um, then the second thing is you want to get clear on like your, your mode, like general motivational stuff. And if you're taking the disc, um, there's a, there's a disc test on, on Tony Robbins that will go into this, but you want to say, Hey, listen, am I the kind of person who is motivated by, you know, I like to be in rules and I like to have structure. Am I somebody who likes to have freedom? Am I the kind of person who likes to, you know, be in control or am I the kind of person who likes somebody else to make the big decisions? Am I the kind of person who likes to be in the spotlight or am I the kind of person who likes to kind of hang back because it makes me a little bit nervous? How motivated am I by money? How motivated am I by making an impact? All that kind of stuff. How motivated am I by growth and curiosity? Um, you know, how motivated am I by, by beauty and relaxation? Like all these kinds of things. Um, and so the, the best place, again, if you go to, to the site, I think it's tonyrobbins.com slash disc it will give you the motivators as well. And so it's free. Um, you know, I'm not affiliated with Tony Robbins or anything, but it's just the best free resource out there. Um, yeah. the, the computer printout is certainly like, could be improved. It's much better if somebody who's experienced reads it, especially because of all the interactions that occur, but it, most people have nothing. They have no idea. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a start. Um, the third thing that you got to do is you got to get in touch with your real values. Now this is difficult because of the fourth component, which is you have to clear out the static in your mind and all that bad conditioning. So that takes time. That is internal work that it goes really in depth. But if you don't do that, when you try to do the values discovery process, what you're going to find is that you're getting other people's values that they put into you instead of your authentic values. So values discovery isn't that hard once you've done all that other work. It's things like, what do you spend your money on? What do you spend your time on? What do you enjoy doing? What do you resent doing? What do you feel like you have to do? What do you feel like you choose? Mm -hmm. All those kinds of things will help you get clear on your values. I like to have my clients rank them in a totem pole and have just pair them off. If you had to choose this or this, which would you pick? Um, but if you haven't gone through and done that internal work and gotten rid of the fears and the associations and all that other stuff, then what comes out of that isn't going to be your real values. And then once you have all that, then it's, it's much easier to put together like, hey, what's my core function? And then it just becomes a matter of building what's the external structure that's going to support this in a lucrative way. Yes. To, to listen to you describe this, Sean, I'm, I'm in the industry. Okay? <laughs> I do coaching. I'm a professional psychologist. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm wondering if to... To some of you listeners, it might be sounding like, oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I, I could nerd out on this. I could go, I, I'm giving you a high level. I could dive deeper. <laughs> well, that opens up some possibilities, though, because it's, it's like we were talking about with quitting your job. That may not be the first thing on your list. 
In fact, if you don't have something to replace it with, that may be the worst thing that you could do. Right, right. So, but there are steps you can take. And I think yes. that's what I'm gleaning from this. And it can start with some very basic things that you can do right now, like asking those three questions. Mm-hmm. That's going to help you to, to see, am I on track? Am I off? And, yeah. and then you can make choices from there. Sean, you offer uh, coaching. You've got this book, Soul Fire, Break Out of a Burnout Job and Craft a Career that Inspires You. Uh, you've got a website. What's the best way for people to connect with you if they want a little more of this? Well, so the, definitely the best way is to buy the book. It's it's like seven dollars. It's it's um it's got all everything I've started to go into here. It's going to dive into that into a lot more detail. Uh, if people, I run a free Facebook group called the the Science of Career Freedom. So feel free to join that group. Um, I've got a lot of great content in there. Again, that's that's totally free. Uh, and then if it is if you want to talk about working with me because I do work with clients and I do help them through this whole purpose process that I talked about. Mm-hmm. And then also planning out the steps between where you are and where you want to go. Because as you said, you don't just want to quit your job on day one, you want to have a plan. And so many times you want to have what I call dream bridges in between where you are and, and where your end purpose is. Yeah. Um, and then the actual execution of like how to do that and all that kind of stuff. Um, if people are interested in working with me, there is a link on my website to book a call to explore that. I would recommend that you, if you're going to book a call that you either, that preferably you read the book, but if not, that you at least watch the, the free webinar that I have up there that, that overlays, that kind of gives a guideline of the process. And that way we're going to be able to get a lot more out of the discussion than just having like a random, you know, kind of thing. You'll have some points to start from and a a common foundation that will drive that conversation. Exactly. And the best foundation, again, going back to it is the book. Soul Fire is, you know, my, my, my masterpiece so far. So I would definitely, uh, definitely recommend people check that out. Wonderful. I don't think we got the URL from you. What's the best website? So the the website is oculusinstitute.com. That's O-C-U-L-U-S institute.com. Um, and there's, there's a thing, if you just put oculusinstitute.com slash soulfire, it will go to the book. You can also find it on Amazon. Um, and on the main page, it'll have links for the webinar and for scheduling calls and all that stuff. Wonderful. So that's oculusinstitute.com. And mm-hmm. that's where you get to find Sean Cecil and his, his book, Soulfire, the coaching programs that are available. And they can book a call with you if they're serious about moving forward with that. Sean, thank you so much for your contributions today at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you, Paul. I'm super happy to be here. It's a great conversation, um, especially just talking to you like during the break. And, and, and we're so much on the same wavelength, so I love it. I love finding people who are on purpose like you are, Sean. And I wish you all the best as you move forward in, in your particular journey. And for all of you listeners who have been listening, I know some of this probably has resonated with you. Reach out and connect with Sean at oculusinstitute.com. And please feel free to share this episode with somebody else that you think would enjoy it. It's time now to go live on purpose. Mm-hmm.